Tom Borelli is a PhD molecular biologist turned political activist and a Newsmax contributor. Deneen Borelli is the author of Blacklash and a Fox News contributor. They're the Borellis, exposing government corruption and championing freedom, giving you the truth in black and white. This is Reigniting Liberty. Hey folks, thanks for checking out Reigniting Liberty. I'm Deneen Borelli and Dr. Tom Borelli is in the house bringing you the truth in black and white. Well, folks, the FBI and Twitter colluded to protect Joe Biden. It's true. It's out there. It's true. Took a long time coming, but here we are, right? Elon Musk made public a range of internal documents from Twitter that show how Twitter suppressed the news about the Hunter Biden laptops just weeks before the 2020 presidential election. The censorship folks of the laptop story denied Americans important information about the election. The so-called Twitter files were given to journalist Matt Taibbi, who released the findings on Twitter last Friday night. Predictably, Taibbi is being attacked by the left, the media, and the White House. <laughs> it's a trifecta. <laughs> it's a trifecta. Uh, hat trick, tri hat trick. It's hockey season. It, well, hat trick too. That's right. That's right. But they are dismissing the Twitter files as old news, Dr. Tom. Oh, that's so old. And what are you talking about? But meanwhile, they won't stop talking about former President Trump, right? It's just crazy. Well, folks, in this episode of Reigniting Liberty, we're going to discuss the information released by Taibbi, what information was left out, and what all of this means, Dr. Tom. Go. Hey, Deneen, great introduction to this very, very important episode of Reigniting Liberty. First, yes. let's set the stage here with some background. Twitter blocked the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop with a hacked materials policy on October 14th, 2020. Now, obviously, that's only a few weeks away from the presidential election they blocked transmission of the story on the New York Post about Hunter Biden. The Post account was blocked for two weeks, two precious weeks before people actually started to vote in mass. The 2020 Post story exposed an email at the energy company Burisma where he thanked Hunter Biden for introducing him to his father, Joe Biden. And guess what? What was Joe Biden at the time? He was vice president of the United States. That's all you really need to know. Uh, we're done here. Right, right? <laughs> oh, no, the story gets worse because this was a story that was censored. Yeah. Well, this at the very basic level, this shows that Hunter Biden was using daddy's position, very high position in government so that he can profit for himself and most likely the entire Biden family. Now, what's most interesting about this is down the road, it wasn't too far down the road, Vice President Biden went to Ukraine 
where he threatened the government with he was going to stop giving U.S. uh, loans, I think, to the government unless they fired a prosecutor in the Ukrainian government. Guess what? That prosecutor was investigating Burisma. Yes. Where Hunter Biden was the consultant. Loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And- you know, it doesn't take too many dots to connect this one. Uh, this one smells from the high heavens. And yeah. this was the information that Twitter blocked. Now, just imagine, just imagine if the same sort of information was on an imaginary Vice President Trump, who helped out his son, Don Jr. Could you imagine the absolute outrage? But here, as you mentioned in the title, it was all about protecting Biden. And importantly, this email was not a result of a hack. Remember the hacking policy that Twitter used? It wasn't a hack. The contents were from a hard drive from Hunter Biden's own laptop that he left at a repair shop in Delaware. That's where it came from. It was not hacked. <laughs> it's unbelievable, Dr. Tom. And oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, so let me continue. What, what were Taibbi's findings? Well, His reporting of Twitter documents show that the Biden campaign had problematic tweets deleted. They had them deleted from the Twitter platform. Uh, Think about that for a second. Are you kidding me? Joe Stalin erasing people's faces after they disappeared. Wow. I mean, we, this is called collusion, right? Well, an email Tybee published showed one Twitter executive sent Twitter links to another employee commenting, and I quote, more to review from the Biden team. And the reply was handled. <laughs> I mean, wow. That, all right, hold on. Handled. So while both political parties could have had tweets removed, I guess, uh, it was not balanced. So, I mean, nowhere near balanced. As a matter of fact, Tybee writes, and I quote, The system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, more ways to complain open to the left, well, Democrats, than the right. So true. So true, Dr. Tom. Taibbi also showed a picture of a political of the political donations from Twitter employees to Democrats and Republicans over three years. Now check this out. In 2020, Democrats got $909,431 
and Republicans got $14,137, 98% for Democrats, 1.53% for Republicans. Nowhere near balanced. <laughs> There's nothing balanced here. What are you talking about? Tom, what is your reaction to all of this? The tweets that were removed, the donations, everything. What is just, it's just crazy. The silly season all day long. Well, really, what it really shows uh, on a very, very basic level is the fact that some Twitter employees uh, manipulated uh, information on Twitter based solely on their personal political views. You mentioned a huge disparity in terms of the amount of money given to Democrats versus Republicans. This is Silicon Valley. This is a very liberal area. So apparently these individuals within Twitter took it upon themselves to force their own political views on the nation, if not the world, by taking out tweets that the Biden uh, campaign did not like. So it's like having spies planted within uh, an organization. They, they couldn't have done any worse if they had a DNC person inside Twitter. They were fundamentally acting the same. It was unbalanced. And the idea was to help, as you said, to protect Joe Biden by removing problematic tweets. And obviously, the New York Post story was the 800-pound gorilla in terms of a problematic uh, tweet and information for the yeah. Biden campaign. Totally. Well, Taibbi also included the original New York Post story in his tweets. On October 14, 2020, the New York Post published Biden's secret emails, an expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. The story's lead, Hunter Biden introduced his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company, according to emails obtained by the Post, Dr. Tom. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How convenient, right? Doesn't everybody wish their daddy was <laughs> VP? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would make life a lot easier now, wouldn't it? That's right. I guess we wouldn't be doing a podcast if we had that opportunity. Anyway. <laughs> we wouldn't have to. <laughs> right. Importantly, the story also included photos of a Delaware federal subpoena that both the computer and the hard drive were seized by the FBI in December 2019, after the shop owners alerted the feds to its existence. So look, you had this computer repairman, has the laptop, Hunter Biden doesn't come back to retrieve it. He can, the possession is now his own, the, the yes. shop owner. It's considered and he starts abandoned. to look and he says, oh my God, this is bad. So the first thing a citizen would do is do what? Let me contact law enforcement. Let me contact the FBI. Because right. surely they're going to investigate this, right? Because they were all these emails with foreign uh, governments. But no, the FBI has had this laptop since December 2019. And from what I can tell, did absolutely nothing. Taibbi also found that Twitter removed links 
and posted a warning that the post story would might be unsafe. <laughs> unsafe, that's a key word within the way they would look at uh, posts on Twitter. Right. So, Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be unsafe. They even blocked its transmission via direct message. If I had a direct message to you about this post story, that would have been blocked too. And this tool that they used was used in extremely rare cases and especially for child pornography, Hmm. all right? So they made this Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York Post the equivalent of child pornography. They used the same tools to block it from distribution and even block it with direct messages. How's that for censorship? Yeah, well, they had all the bases covered and oh, they, yeah. were in, they were in control. So they, they they made all of this stuff happen, Dr. Tom. Well, Trump's White House spokeswoman, Kaylee McEnany, at the time was locked out of her own Twitter <laughs> account because she tweeted the story. How, how, dare, all, how dare the one? I know, right? It's, <laughs> That's like having a newspaper story and I carry it down the hallway and give it to you. I'm just transmitting an information and some right. big hand comes and, and rips it out of my hands. That's exactly what happened. And uh, Taibi also said, and I quote, the decision was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey with former head of legal policy and trust, Vajaya Gade playing a key role, end quote. So, They're saying Jack Dorsey was in the dark about all of this. He didn't know. And essentially, the employees were running wild, censoring and shutting down and whatever they wanted to do. Wow. Well, Tom, you worked in a company for over 25 years. What's your reaction to the CEO being kept in the dark over this? Well, clearly, uh, from my perspective, Mr. Dorsey was not a strong manager, not a very strong CEO, because these employees felt that, A, they didn't need to tell him, and B, they could do whatever the hell they wanted, despite ultimately he's responsible for what happened. They knew they could get away with it, so they did it. And it also shows that within Twitter, and I think in a lot of these social media companies, there's actually a deep state. They're not looking about shareholder value. They're not saying, hey, if we have this New York Post story that is explosive, more people will come to Twitter, we'll get perhaps more ad revenue because of all the extra eyeballs. No, 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 no. They weren't thinking about the company. They weren't thinking about shareholder revenue. Not at all. Or getting the truth out. Oh, oh, forget (laughs) about that, right? They were thinking about their own personal political agenda and they right. figured they could run it through the skunk works without anyone knowing up top, meaning uh, the head of the company himself, Mr. Dorsey. Yep. It's incredible. Well, Taibi reported the hacking policy with the laptop story was considered internally as an excuse and was on shaky ground. But Dr. Tom, the unsafe conclusion was also questioned. When the policy was questioned, 
A former FBI lawyer hmm, <laughs> stepped forward. He stepped in. Former FBI general counsel James Baker. Yes, Baker was then Twitter's deputy general counsel. He cautioned that uh, he said that the caution was warranted. I mean, it, it's interesting how every, they're all connected. It's all one big club. They leave somewhere and they pop up someplace else and they create even more craziness, damage, and destruction, Dr. Tom. Uh, it's just off the charts. But anyway, this is from the New York Post, and I quote, at this stage, it is reasonable for us to assume that the Post had published hacked material and that caution is warranted. There are some facts that indicate that the materials may have been hacked, while there are others indicating that the computer was either abandoned and or the owner consented to allow the repair shop to access for at least some purposes. We simply need more information. <laughs> so let the talk, let the, uh, the clock continue to tick because yep. the election is coming. Hmm, could be this, could be that. We don't know. So let's err on the side of, of the deep state. <laughs> right. Let's err on the side of deep state. Unbelievable. Right. And then Baker himself. Right. He was part yeah. of the deep state operation in uh, under Comey, I believe, uh, at, at the headquarters of FBI. So, again, as you mentioned, isn't it the what you call the revolving door? Isn't it so uh, interesting that the, the deputy general counsel of Twitter used to be the Deputy counsel of the FBI. I mean, this is what this is how the deep state works. So Twitter was looking to hire someone to protect them from the FBI, probably. So they bring right. in an FBI guy because he knows all the people there. That's why this they call it way deep, the deep state. state works. That's why it's uh, and that's called why deep a lot state. of people, you know, total sidebar, not really that much of a sidebar. That's why a lot of careers go through Washington, D.C. If you get one of those high level posts all the companies in the country will be looking to get you because you know how it works inside the operation. Right. So if you have any concern about the FBI, you go to the directory and say, hey, you want a job? <laughs> it's a protection exactly. racket. It, it, right. it is simply a protection racket uh, that you, me, and the vast majority of our listeners and viewers uh, don't have that opportunity. And we're not talking about the rank and file and the hardworking, earnest FBI men and women. We are talking about the suits who think they can get away with this or have gotten away with stuff yeah. that we don't know about as well. But we're, we're not talking about the hardworking folks who are trying to do their job and uh, protect. Right. Put, and put their Americans. lives on the line. Uh, That's right. <laughs> from what right. I could tell, Baker didn't put his life on the line. <laughs> No, he put went his from bank the account seventh, on the line. From the seventh floor at the FBI building in, in Washington, D.C., where all the, you know, the, the guys that run the organization there. And then he parachuted over to Twitter. I don't know what their right. executive floor there. But I think that was a pretty safe kind of route. Not not the poor man or woman who's on the streets doing drug raids. Uh, not, not them. No, it, it's it's the cushy guys. They, they get away with this and gals. Sure. So, but of interest, Baker was with the FBI when the organization, the Bureau, was spying on the Trump campaign and on the Trump presidency. Yep. So you could just imagine 
what was in Baker's mind when, you know, this opportunity came in, as you said, to play deep state. Oh, I get to play deep state actor again. Isn't this fun? And who knows? Maybe he had a few phone calls. What should I do, guys? Summer four, what should I do? I'm here. Let me yep. know. I'd like to get his phone records to see how many, you know, how many phone calls were from him and potentially seventh floor in the FBI. But you're right. When you said this was deep state in action and he just happened to find himself in that uh, in that uh, space and he benefited. And we, the American people, not so much because we have President Biden. Hmm. So while Taibbi did a great job of analyzing information that he was given that we have so far, it appears that he, in part of his reporting, fell short. And this is where Miranda Devine of the New York Post is adding more context, and I think very, very important context to this entire story. Miranda Devine wrote that Taibbi left out important information about the FBI's role with Twitter before the election. The information is based on testimony in a lawsuit filed by Republican attorney generals against the Biden administration. So we're getting new sources of information because of a lawsuit. When you sue somebody and then they have to testify, they 99% tell the truth because they don't want to get thrown in jail for perjury. That's why mm -hmm. lawsuits are important. You get to put people on the stand. Yep. So Miranda wrote, quote, what was missing were details of specific warnings we know the FBI made to Twitter about a Russian, quote, hack and leak operation involving Hunter Biden during their weekly meetings with top executives of the social media giant in the days and weeks before the Post published its exclusive bombshell. So this is the new information. The FBI was meeting with Twitter, and actually Facebook too, meeting with Twitter executives and telling them, look out, look out for misinformation, hacked information about Hunter Biden. They were priming the pump. They were planting that seed in their ears. Devine added that the FBI, FBI agent held meetings with both Facebook and Twitter with up to seven, seven DC-based agents before the 2020 election, right? <sighs> yep. Look out for a hack and leak operation from Russia. That was the warning. But this, all of this is just stunning. I mean, I, I I'm no, still I, like, I'm, I'm still, doing, you know, when I'm doing this research, I'm looking, I'm just like literally yeah. holding my hands, my head in my hands saying, how is this happening? How's this, this is the United States. You have the FBI playing part of the Democrat National Committee. You have the right. FBI playing as part of the camp, Democrat campaign and Twitter as well. Unbelievable. It is. It is. And, and there's this, Dr. Tom. There's more. <laughs> of course. <laughs> A former Twitter executive testified the FBI warned the company to expect a hack and leak operations by state actors involving Hunter Biden. 
There you go. Uh, testimony. Testimony. The White House called the Twitter revelations an old story. Like we said that at the very beginning, Dr. Tom. Oh, this is just so old. We'll take a listen to White House Press Secretary Karin Jong-Pierre. Decisions were made to, to censor reporting leading up to the election. My question was, is it the White House view that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come out? Which decisions? By whom? By Twitter. By Twitter on, okay. So look, we see this as a, a an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Um, and uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform. And of course, the media is all over Taibi. They are attacking him left and right, Dr. Tom. This is from Newsweek. Some critics, including MSNBC host Mendy Hassan, and Chris Hayes pointed out that Taibi's Twitter files are PR for the world's richest man, <laughs> which was in reference to Twitter's CEO, Elon Musk. NBC senior reporter Ben Collins, Dr. Tom, Tom tweeted this, imagine throwing it all away to do PR work for the richest person in the world. Humiliating shit. Humiliating bleep. There, there we go. MSNBC and NBC, right? I can't. Trying to minimize the importance of the story. Yep. It's just a news network, but okay. <laughs> just. <laughs> just. a major right. news network. Never mind. Yeah. Wasn't me. So here's a little summary, Dr. Tom. So here, here is what I see. The FBI and Twitter employees interfered with the election. They kept information from the public about Joe Biden using his vice president position to generate revenue for his family. And again, they, they don't call it Biden Inc. for, for nothing, nothing <laughs> right? And, and it looks like the FBI had a plan about the laptop from the very beginning based on the different dates that we mentioned and all the other aspects about all of this. Dr. Tom, first they had the laptop in December 2019 and did nothing, adding to Miranda Devine, who has done an amazing job. Thank you, Miranda, and thank you, New York Post. The FBI knew Rudy Giuliani also had the laptop's hard drive and was giving it to the New York Post. <laughs> so the FBI took action by warning Twitter and Facebook about Russian misinformation a preemptive strike. You know, you remember Russia, 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 and yeah. more Russia and Russia and Russia. You, It was just every day, all day, Russia, Russia this, Russia that. So the FBI spying on Giuliani via his emails, oh my gosh, with the computer repairman, John Paul Isaac, who had Hunter's laptop. FBI was also spying on Miranda Devine <laughs> and had advanced knowledge of when the New York Post story was going to be published, when the story was going to drop. Why am I so laughing? They, 
They, I know. It's, this is it's like, you know, this criminal. is you know, the financial world. This is like insider trading. It's criminal. <laughs> I they know had all... X companies uh, is going to be bought out tomorrow because I've been spying on them. Let me buy some calls on that company, right? Yeah. Or this company's going to have horrible earnings. Let me buy some puts on this company and bet the stock is going to go down. This is inside political tra uh, trading. Oh, Denise. The FBI, let's, let's take a step back here. Remember? The FBI. Great is supposed to protect Americans, but instead they were protecting Biden, right? The FBI is supposed to follow the Constitution, but instead they violated the First Amendment by stopping information important to an election. And remember, they're supposed to protect the American people. So the whole reason why they were spying on Trump at the time is because they thought Trump was working with Russia behind the scenes or Russia had some compromising information on former President Trump. That was their excuse. But yet in this instance, they have Hunter's hard drive. They have his laptop filled with information of communication and deal making with foreign countries, including China, including China. And filled with other stuff, too. But go ahead. Right. But think about it. If the FBI was so worried about yeah. a compromised president, how in God's name did they sit on this laptop since December 2019? I'm telling you, somewhere, somehow, these people need to be held accountable. I agree. Because they actually are putting Americans at risk. Who knows what China has on Biden, on Hunter Biden or Joe Biden? Yep. And yet the FBI turned their head and in fact did worse. They went out to protect the Biden campaign. Biden Inc. And Biden Inc. Well, yeah, that's where it right. And importantly, a number of polls have found that a number of people would have voted differently, would have voted differently if they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop that's connected to daddy. Yeah. They would have voted differently. Elon Musk said that Twitter at the time interfered with the election and Twitter was, quote, acting like an arm of the Democratic National Committee. That was from Elon Musk, who now owns Twitter, and thank God for that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all these details. So what does this really all mean? Well, at the end of the day, we're all stuck with President Biden. And unfortunately, so is the world. Sure. Because of Silicon Valley people, Democrat activists skunk in the skunk works, working with a politically driven FBI. We are stuck with President Biden, because in my view, and according to polls, he would never have been elected had this information been distributed as it should have been. Social media companies, just like the Democrat-run media these days, are the enemy of the people. They are the enemy of the Constitution. And ironically, for a social media company, media company, they're the enemy of the First Amendment. There's a reason why freedom of speech is number one but yeah. not to these people. Now, going forward, let's hope the Republicans, when they take over the House of Representatives in January, will do a thorough 
investigation of what happened and especially a real examination of the FBI and how that organization has gotten so politically twisted. We can only hope. But if you keep tuning into our podcast here, we will keep you abreast of what they do and what they don't do. Because remember, we're here to deliver the truth in black and white. And there you have it, Dr. Tom. Folks, thanks for checking out Reigniting Liberty. And remember, everyone has a role to play. What are you doing for liberty? Until next time. This has been Reigniting Liberty with Tom and Deneen Borelli. The truth in black and white. For exclusive video footage of these interviews, be sure to follow Deneen Borelli on Clout Hub at Deneen Borelli. And also make sure to visit DeneenBorelli.com. Follow Tom Borelli on Twitter at Tom Borelli. And follow Deneen at Deneen Borelli. Subscribe wherever you listen and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reigniting Liberty, the truth in black and white.